Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. Hey, welcome. In our last episode, I talked about navigating body image when you are sick, and I mentioned that I meant when you are more temporarily sick, like with a cold, and I said that I wanted to talk at more length about body acceptance when chronic illness or chronic pain is going on, so here we are. We had a great conversation about this in the studio recently, and I wanted to kind of pick that up and expand on it. So here is the question that I got. This brings up a quandary I continue to have in yoga practice. There's a lot of emphasis on being in your body, assessing and getting curious about sensation, checking in with everything going on with every part of oneself. But I have a chronic illness, several issues, which means I am in regular pain day in and day out. If anything, I have learned to ignore my body, distract myself from it so I don't dwell on the pain, do everything in my power to think about something else. So where am I supposed to be? I think I'm making inroads a bit because I am getting better at trying not to ignore my pain anymore. Rather than push and push, I ease up and assess every morning how I'm feeling and adjust my day accordingly. But I admit I still find myself struggling with my physical practice with asanas as trying to come back to my body is something more than I can bear to do sometimes. Oof, right? So what I shared in response to this in the studio is what I want to get started with here, and that is that I definitely do not think that there's one answer to this. I think it is highly individualized, which is something I think yoga can actually help us with, but I will get to that later. Um, I really think that the best way that I can share about this is through the lens of my own experience. So I have experience with chronic pain. I had three separate years in my life where I had a, a migraine every single day. And that happened for me in high school, college, and graduate school. So in high school, I hadn't started yoga when I had my year of chronic migraines. And let me just say that um, in the intervene, like the years in between when I didn't have one every single day, I still had one a few times a week. So they were still quite frequent, um, just not every single day. So I kind of consider that entire time as being in chronic pain, um, it just wasn't necessarily every day for some of the years, but it was pretty close. So my approach at the time, um, particularly the first two times, but honestly, the, all three times <laughs> that it was every day, my approach, because this was also my approach just to life in general, was push, 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 push. I tried to continue my life in the best ways that I could. Um, I rarely missed school or class. I was just kind of in like a fugue state all of the time. 
And looking back on that, I don't really feel like that helped. <laughs> I think it probably would have been better had I taken more time to rest and, tr you know, try to move through a little bit better. But regardless, that's what I did. And the second time that I had the chronic year, I had started yoga mm, probably two years before that. And I started yoga specifically related to my migraines. So when I went to college, I had been kind of on the Western medical path for the migraines for a couple years. And I had done like every possible test, every possible medication, and nothing had really helped. So when I was in college, I started researching other options and I first found out about biofeedback and that led me to meditation and that led me to yoga. So yoga and chronic pain are really um, intertwined in my own personal experience. It's what brought me there in the first place. And I think that's true for a lot of people, whether the pain or illness is chronic or not. Um, physical concerns bring a lot of people to the yoga practice, if not most people. So when I was learning yoga and kind of getting started with it, uh, same thing along the lines with the meditation and biofeedback, I learned to be able to visualize my pain. And this is really a biofeedback thing. So for me, what I visualized was this really tight red ball. And over time, I would work with my breath kind of in a meditative visualizing state and would see that ball expanding to the point that it would dissipate. And that would relax something probably on a physiological level, um, re also relax some muscle tension, and that would help the migraine to just hold on a little less strongly. It never made it go away entirely, um, but it could lessen the severity a bit. So I bring that in because it was one of my first experiences with shifting my pain, my relationship to my body through breath and attention. Now, as I was practicing yoga at the same time, because of course I wasn't like slowing down and doing something restorative, I was like doing something <laughs> kind of intense because I was young and I don't know, that's just like how I started. Um, yoga was slowly teaching me how to listen to my body, but I didn't recognize that at the time. I was just like, I'm here, I'm doing yoga. But I've talked about this before. You know, I think as people are on the mat, you start to notice things. And the person who wrote in with um, this question brought this into her question as well, which is starting to notice how you're feeling and then responding accordingly. So I think yoga helps us develop those tools, but how much attention we put on our body in a particular way um, on a particular day can vary. So in the long run, I feel like yoga has definitely helped me with my migraines um, through that kind of slow learning process of listening to my body. It has helped me intervene much more quickly. So I'll just give an example. 
on the yoga mat, maybe the teacher is saying, you know, what's going on with your right foot? And you might at the beginning, like I did, and by beginning, I mean like for years, um, I would just kind of be like, I can't feel that. What is she talking about? This is a metaphor. And then over time, I started to be able to feel that a little bit more easily. And then my attention was refined and continues to be refined over time so that I can sort of feel more and more in my body. And the same thing is true, like that same process of not really being able to identify what's going on or make a change and then being able to do that more and more happened for me also on the mat. So I feel like, or sorry, off the mat. I feel like those are two parallel tracks. So at the beginning, particularly the first year that I had these chronic migraines, I was just kind of in the thick of it and would take medication once it was already pretty bad. Um, It was rare that I could do anything to kind of head it off at the pass or lessen it. Um, It was just always like, oh, the migraine's here, now I'm responding to it over the course of time, and again, this is not like a week, <laughs> this is, I had these chronic years that um, I just was remembering the, the other day when I was thinking about this podcast, at the ages of 16, 20, and 25, um, so over the course of about 10 years, <laughs> um, and by that third round, almost 10 years later, I was really noticing, like, okay, when this happens, the migraine gets worse. Um, These are the signs that it's coming in the first place. That's what helps me maybe stop and take a nap or um, get some medication in my system early or whatever the case is helping me at the time. That has varied over the years what's been helpful. So that's how I think that yoga can help us in some ways is through developing that ability to notice what is happening in your body so that you can respond to it in ways that are supportive for you. Um, And I'll just say, because this always comes up in these conversations, that that ability plus acupuncture really have helped and changed my migraines, in addition to factors that are beyond, like, my knowledge or like maybe getting older, maybe something changed hormonally. I don't know. Um, I still get them, but their frequency is um, very different than they used to be. So let's get into some things that I think are important to say in this conversation in the context of yoga in particular. So I think what matters the most is you doing you. (laughs) So like I said earlier, this is all highly individual. I don't think that there's any one given answer. Um, I don't honestly even think that there's one answer for one person. So for me in particular, there's not one thing that always helps with my migraines. There's not one thing that helps me when I'm experiencing pain on my yoga mat. It's different from day to day. When you live with a chronic illness or chronic pain, it's just not always the same. Sometimes it's more or less intense. Sometimes you feel it more in one part of your body or another. Sometimes you have more or less energy. Sometimes your mood is better or worse, and on and on. I think 
what it's really about is building your toolbox of what works for you so that over time you might come to notice, oh, when I'm feeling this, it means I need to rest. When I'm feeling that, some gentle stretches are nice as long as I don't whatever is relevant for your body. For some people that might be as long as I don't kneel, as long as I don't get on the floor, as long as I don't put my head below my heart, you know, whatever the case is, you kind of start to create these guidelines for yourself that can help you in the moment respond. Also, I've said this before, and I will continue to say it, and that is that yoga is not a cure. It often isn't enough, particularly when we're talking about the context of chronic pain or illness. And some days it's not even feasible. So I feel like giving ourselves the grace to let yoga be in our lives and be in our lives in whatever way is relevant when it is working for us, to me, that's really what yoga is. It's not about saying, I'm going to be on my yoga mat every single day, regardless of how I feel. Only the poses. Yoga has eight limbs or components, and asana, which is the poses, is just one of those. And what I love to remember is that it's not the first, and it's not the last. It's just one of the tools in the toolbox of yoga. So some days getting on your mat and doing poses may not feel good. Other, So you could invite in the breath or you could just let yourself rest. You know, there's so many different things that you can do. I feel like listening to and responding your, to, your, uh, to your body is very advanced yoga, (laughs) whether or not you're doing a particular pose. So another thing I wanted to mention here is just getting support. So letting your health team, whoever that might be, give you feedback on your yoga practice, if there's anything that is good for you to know in terms of what's safe for you, what's not safe for you. I also think finding a local yoga teacher who specializes in adapting the yoga practice to various bodies and needs um, and working with them can be helpful. Even if you just do a few private sessions with them or maybe they have a class that works for you and you can chat with them a little before or after class. Um, Of course, you want to be respectful of their time, but if you have a question or something, you know, obviously you can ask them a question. Um, Can be really helpful so that you're getting that really specific information that's relevant to you. And then the other thing in the get support column, I guess, is not adding I didn't do yoga today to a list of self-criticisms. Like we talked about in the last episode, I personally experience, and I've heard from many people that they experience this too, that when they are sick or in pain, they can start to get, and I can start to get, self-critical about that experience. So I feel like the last thing that is needed is adding to that list, I didn't do yoga, because really, that is (laughs) not needed. So when you are practicing, 
moving into another uh, realm here. If the teacher saying, listen to your body or anything along those lines is not working for you, try subbing something else in. So you could kind of create a rule in your mind, like if listen to your body is not working for me, if it's making things worse, if it's keeping me away from my experience, then that's when I sub in something else. I sub in a deep breath. You could sub in uh, an affirmation that does work for you. So just a reminder that the teacher is guiding you and offering you suggestions, but you still are allowed (laughs) to have your own experience and to translate it in a way that makes sense for you. So full permission to ignore, listen to your body, um, and within reason, I guess. So you want to still keep yourself within the realm of safety, of course. So if you notice you're going into a lot of pain more than you experience on a normal basis, then obviously you want to be listening to that. But what I'm talking about is what the questioner talked about, which is taking that introspection even deeper and really like paying attention to all of the sensations that are happening in your body on a on a deeper level. So you could let that go sometimes. That's okay. Also, just a reminder that, you know, we have this idea that everyone is paying attention all the time in yoga or that they should be. And that's just not what it means to be a human. People are not paying attention all of the time or potentially even most of the time. So if you are intentionally choosing not to at at some times, then that's fine. (laughs) It's really not a big deal. And your attention is going to be waxing and waning anyway. So again, I think obviously it's helpful to pay attention enough so that you don't get injured or make things worse. But if getting into the more kind of um, minutiae is painful, then just skip that. (laughs) Um, Kind of relatedly, when you are trying to figure out what is helping, what's hurting, um, you do have to take into context your regular level of pain. So if you are experiencing chronic pain, then you might have a sense of what your baseline is. And what you are looking for is not exacerbating that level of pain. Um, so that might be different from someone else who's experiencing less pain or who is, is not experiencing pain on that day. Um, they're not going to want to experience any pain where you might be experiencing some and what you're trying to do is not make it worse. So we're all always calibrating our experiences. Um, last thing here, like our questioner mentioned, what can be powerful about yoga during a chronic illness is how it can slowly, like I experienced, help us get a sense of how we can treat ourselves with more kindness. I really liked what the questioner was saying about noticing her pain level in the morning and then calibrating her day and definitely her yoga practice to that, um, knowing our signals for when we need more or less, end of what, and 
as we learn that on the mat, like we talked about, I feel like it can translate for us off of the mat. You know, mostly I think yoga teaches us how to support ourselves in many ways. And sometimes that means not doing yoga or letting your mind drift, as it will anyway. (laughs) Even when you are not chronically ill, there's really no one way to do poses that is always going to work for you. Your energy, your mood, etc. change all the time. And in addition to that, you are changing too. The practice of last year might not serve you today, not to mention from a few years ago or a decade ago. Same as the practice of today might not work for you next week, next month, next year, next decade, etc. I think we get this idea that being a quote, good yogi, which is an idea that I hate in general, (laughs) means that you figure out your yoga practice and then boom, you are good to go for life. (laughs) But really, is that really what we want? We don't want to adapt and change and grow. I am infinitely grateful that I'm not the same as I was at 18 when I started practicing yoga. It would be absolutely horrible to me to think and feel the same and have the same lack of inner resources and self-kindness that I did at that time. I mean, sure, my body cannot do all the same things it could then, both because I'm older and also because I imperviously pushed myself myself at that time in ways that I wouldn't now. But that is fine. I'll tell you what I will take over a particular pose any day. Boundaries knowing myself better, more inner strength and resilience, the ability to slow down and take a deep breath, and on and on and on. (laughs) I say all of this to say that yoga is really an ever-evolving conversation, and you get to decide if, how, when, how much that conversation takes place. What's most important is giving yourself what you need, because if that isn't yoga, responding to what is, then I don't really know what what it could be. So let's close with a breath together. We'll inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on.